Hi, this is Ben Kaspit. Welcome to On Israel. On the day that I spoke with Reserve Major General Yair Golan, the Israeli political right was supposed to be trumpeting the historic annexation of Judea and Samaria. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had designated July 1st as a target date for the launch of the annexation process, even without the consent of his government partner, the Blue and White Party. Well, so much for that idea. As I sat down to talk with General Golan on July 5th, rather than being high on the heady aroma of champagne, the right was down in the dumps and deeply frustrated. Instead of noisy fireworks, July 1st came and went with a resounding silence. Netanyahu addressed the nation, but only to talk about the rising corona infections, not a word about annexation. For now, at least, his dream was turning into a nightmare. Our guest today is deeply opposed to imposing Israeli sovereignty unilaterally over parts of Judea and Samaria. His views might surprise anyone who had followed Golan's military career. As a frontline battlefield commander, he always tried to engage with the enemy. He never shied away from speaking his mind and sometimes paid the price by being passed over for promotion. Golan was considered a leading candidate to replace IDF chief Gadi Eisenkot. Then came his speech in 2016 on a Holocaust Remembers Day and sealed his fate. Certain developments in Israeli society, Sage the General, reminded him of Europe's darkest day 70, 80, and 90 years ago. Golan, whose father escaped Germany two years after Hitler's rise to power, was wearing khaki that day, but his speech painted him in bright political colors as a liberal leftist. The deputy chief of the Israeli Defense Forces had to have no choice but to retire in disappointment after coming within touching distance of the pinnacle to which he had aspired as Israel's top soldier. The defense minister at that time, Avigdor Lieberman, knew that naming Golan as IDF chief of staff would be political suicide. After his discharge, Golan plunged into politics. He joined former IDF chief and one-time prime minister Ehud Barak and followed him through a dizzling political roller coaster, moving from one political configuration to another under various forgettable names, until finally landing last year as one of a handful of Knesset members representing Meretz, the only remaining Zionist party on the battered left. Golan was a beacon of hope for many on the political left, which has been all but wiped out over the past decade. Instead of the soft-spoken, delicate, natural Tel Aviv intellectuals typical of the left, here was a proud officer and gentleman, not ashamed to admit his political leanings, staring the other side in the eye and take it in on without a single chip on his shoulder. Golan's political model is not clear, nor do we know just where he is going. What we do know is that our podcast guest is not afraid to say what he thinks, he does not suck up to anyone, and he is as self-confident as they come. The conversation with Yair Golan takes place amid typical Israeli political chaos. Netanyahu is threatening his blue and white partner Benny Gantz with elections, 
unless he agrees to support a one-year budget rather than the two-year budget to which they previously agreed. The coronavirus is back in full force. Iran has been experiencing a series of mysterious explosions, one of which caused heavy damage to its uranium enrichment facility at Natanz. Annexation has slipped off the agenda, and the state has dropped into an economic and financial hole that seems deeper than ever. We will take now a brief commercial break, and then come back with the one-time deputy chief of the IDF and current Merits Party Knesset member, retired Major General Yair Golan. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East. And if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles, and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region based upon El Monitor's outstanding reporting. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our El Monitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform, on Israel with Ben Caspit and on the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. El Monitor's podcast on Israel is happy to host Retired Major General and Knesset member Yair Golan. Shalom, Yair. Shalom and... Uh... Good day. Yair Golan, it's been five days since the day that Israel could have started annexing territories. Netanyahu is silent. The right is furious. Are you concerned or happy or what? I think that this is not, uh, you know, the right question. The right question is whether Israel should annex or should... separate itself from the Palestinians. This is the most crucial uh, question. Uh, in fact, this is the question of our generation. Our, you know, uh, founding fathers had decided to separate themselves from the Palestinians. I think that uh, Ben-Gurion, since 1937, and since then, uh, took the same decision to be separated from the Palestinians. Uh, therefore, he accepted Uh, uh, the partition plan, and then, um, you know, uh, took the ceasefire lines as the very, the very best thing for Israel. Uh, the same decision had, had been made by Rabin and by Prime Minister Sharon. And we face the same question, annexation or separation. I'm totally convinced that the only... good destiny of Israel, uh, hidden by the assumption that we need to be separated from the Palestinians. Any annexation is wrong for Israel. I cannot see uh, anything good evolve out of annexation, because annexation, you know how you start, you don't know how you finish it. And finishing the annexation by adding 
2.5 million Palestinians to Israel, or maybe 4.5 Palestinians to Israel, this is the end of the Zionist dream. And therefore, I'm against annexation whatsoever. I want to, to make it a little um, harder for you, uh, because please, if you can explain me briefly, why annexation with a historical United States approval is such a bad thing. You know Judea and Samaria very well, and you know that Israel cannot evacuate most of the settlements. You know, there are settlement blocks that, that are in consensus in Israel, and you not when you annex only uh, annex only the, the Israeli settlements, you don't annex the Palestinian population. Why not use this historical uh, event when you have President Trump in the White House and start, you know, drawing our eastern front, eastern border on the Jordan River? Well, we need to solve problems with the Palestinians, not with, not with the Americans. And I don't think that, uh, you know, more supportive or less supportive American president is the issue. The main issue is what is the future we want to open with the Palestinians? Uh, therefore, I think that any unilateral annexation is counterproductive. If we want to move forward with the Palestinians in order to be separated from them, we need to, to do any effort in order to open discussions with them, to negotiate with them. In case of no negotiation, what should be done in, on the ground is not formal annexation, is physical separation. And physical separation is about creating a fence, uh, erecting a fence uh, around the cluster of settlements. Uh, it had been done by Prime Minister Sharon in late 2005, early 2006. Uh, I commanded during that time a Judea and Samaria division, uh, and I started to build fences around Emmanuel, around Ariel, around Gush Etzion, and from Bet Ariel to Ariel. Uh, unfortunately, because of the stroke uh, of uh, the late Prime Minister Sharon, this project was ended. Uh, it was wrong. We need to renew this project and we need to annex nothing more, not to annex, to negotiate. Uh, division of the land of Judea and Samaria in a way that uh, leave nothing more than 10% of the area, uh, the cluster of settlements, the big cities of Judea and Samaria, in order to avoid a large evacuation. And after that, we need to uh, to make any effort to, to, to continue with our efforts in order to negotiate um, with, uh, with the Palestinians. But you know, I'm covering uh, the, the negotiations, the peace negotiations with the Palestinians for two or three decades. And I think late uh, Abba Ibn, who's our uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, said once that the Palestinians never missed an opportunity to miss an opportunity. You in the left, in the Israeli left, are talking about let's negotiate. But when Ehud Barak and Yitzhak Rabin and President Clinton 
and then Benjamin Netanyahu, and then Ehud Olmert, and then Benjamin Netanyahu again offered them, and Ehud Olmert again, and now John Kerry with the 2014 channel in London and, in, and here offered the Palestinians more than 90, 95% of the, of the territory, and they always say no. Maybe we, do, we, do, we have to say, to tell our people the truth that Israel does not have a partner. Well, maybe yes and maybe no. Therefore, I, I, you know, say, I say again, I say it again. What is needed is to try and negotiate with the Palestinians. In case of unsuccess, unsuccessful attempt, all it's needed is to implement physical separation on the land, on the ground. That's what we need the most. We need to remember what is the vision. The vision is to be separated. If it could be done with the Palestinians, this is the best. If we could add to this negotiation other Arab countries, it's even better. But in case of no partner, we need to implement unilateral measures on the ground, which physically separate between Palestinians and Israelis. This is the best thing for Israel. All the rest is just a fabrication. It's, it's, a, it's illusion. It's, you know, all kinds of uh, declarations without any practical meaning. Uh, I'm a practical person, and therefore I so heavily support any um, physical measure that could be implemented on the ground. This is the most important thing. So I have to, to ask you a follow-up question. As, as a practical uh, man and a military expert that served more than 30 years in, in the IDF and knows the, the territory by heart and deputy chief of staff, etc., you remember Ariel Sharon, General Sharon. He tried a unilateral separation act in, in the Gaza Strip, and we finished with a, with a small Hezbollah in, in Gaza, with rockets, with Kassams, with grads, with, with channels. Why, what makes you feel or believe that a, a unilateral similar act in, the, in Judea and Somalia will not lead us to the same deadlock? Well, I would like to remind you that uh, we evacuated uh, four settlements in northern Somalia, and it didn't harm the stability of the region. So it's not about separation or annexation, it's about the way you implement uh, separation. Uh, so we need to learn the lessons out of the disengagement plan of 2005. And therefore we need to have some sort of a special um, security regime along the Jordan River. No doubt that we need to control uh, the movement between Jordan and Judea and Samaria. Uh, probably for the next 100 years at least. Uh, but at the same time, we need to separate the population. Um, we should remember that, you know, the, that, that the Trump plan and the, the plans of the right, the extreme right in Israel, it's all about annexation. It's about, it's not, you know, uh, having two-state solution uh, in a different manner. Uh, with different um, uh, principles. It's about um, 
destroying any possibility for peace between Israel and the Palestinians. And I think it's, it's, it's a shame. Um, we need, as a Jewish, as you know, member of the Jewish people, to work hard all the time in order to enhance peace. Because enhancing peace in the Middle East is about securing the uh, existence of Israel. And this is the most important thing. I, I would say that it, I, I would say that separation it's about being nationalist. It's about being patriotic. And if you want to annex the Palestinians, it's about something which is not patriotic and and certainly not Zionist. Do you think annexation will lead us uh, towards uh, becoming a, an apartheid state? Well, apartheid is a very strong uh, term. Uh, but yes, this is, a, this is the way we open a process which could lead us to some sort of an apartheid. And this is very wrong for Israel. It didn't work in uh, South Africa. And I would like to remind you that uh, the very starting point of the apartheid was in 1910. Uh, and it survived for more than 80 years. But by the end of the day, you cannot live with, while uh, suppressing others for decades and centuries. It's just impossible. Uh, every reasonable person uh, would revolt in order to, to free himself out of suppression. And of course, you know, I, I operate in Judea and Samaria for many, many years. And all over this time, I try to suppress, you know, terrorist, uh, terrorist activity from Judea and Samaria toward Israel and toward the settlement. But we need to, to remember what is the vision. And the vision is about having a democratic Jewish state uh, which could live peacefully with others. You still and believe in peace, uh, General Golan? And, and another, another question, what, generally, what do you think about the deal of the century, the, the, the President Trump plan, that gives us 30% of the territories? It's a lot more than we got from any other president. Again, you, we, don't, we do not need a deal with Trump. We need a deal with the Palestinians. So the overall assumption that uh, a good agreement with America is the best thing for Israel is wrong. We need, you need to negotiate with our enemies, not with our friends. Uh, so it has no meaning. From in my, according to my opinion, uh, the Trump uh, the Trump plan is is nothing. It's worth nothing, and it has no meaning internationally and bilaterally concerning our relationship with the Palestinians. So put aside the, the, the Trump plan, I think we need to think practically. And practically is about exchanging nothing more than 10% of the area, which could leave us with 80, maybe 90% of the population, in Ju the Jewish population in Judea and Samaria, uh, to be left in their own settlements, their own houses. And while, uh, you know, exchanging other, you know, um, other, other areas, in the most practical and suitable way in order to create the most stable situation. 
there is no insurance that we will reach a point of stability. But we need to, to make any attempt in order to reach this stability. And stability is about having an agreement. It's about uh, um, enhancing any possibility to reach a, a situation of peace between Palestinians and Israel. Tell me, General Golan, do you aspire to be a prime minister someday or just, you know, you want to, to spend your time after 30 something years in the military enjoying Israeli politics? Well, there is no much enjoyment in yeah, politics. So therefore, I would say that uh, the only reason to be in the politics is to, to be uh, at the front, to lead. Uh, I believe I could lead. I believe that uh, I have the right values and the right experience and the right uh, spirit in order to lead. Uh, th therefore, I entered the politics uh, and hopefully uh, I will succeed. It's not, a, it's not a short journey, it's a long journey and I'm ready for it. And uh, well, so I'm going to, you know, to invest. My question was Sorry. a trap because now I ask you, maybe you are naive because you're talking about a long journey and it, it can be a very long journey because, you know, joining the left in Israel or the left, uh, the leftovers, I would say, in Israel, you don't have any left anymore. And what made you think that this will be the platform that such an impressive officer like you uh, will, will use to become a leader or a prime minister? Or, or that, is there something that I don't see now in the Israeli politics and you can? Well, unfortunately, uh... The left was well sided by the right in the last 10 years, unfortunately. Uh, in my mind, left is being progressive. Right is about being conservative. I belong to the conservative aspect of the Israeli society. And I would like to convince others to join the progressive elements of Israel. Because if we want to to face the future challenges of Israel, we need to be progressive. We need the best science, we need the best technology, we need the best economy, we need the best education, we need the best culture. You cannot reach the best. Being, the, being in, with the best without being progressive. Um, the notion that by being extremely conservative in Israel, it, it's uh, provide you the ability to cope better with future challenges of Israel is basically very, very wrong. Do you feel when you leave the Israeli political chaos that we are in a clash between two civilizations in Israel? Exactly, by the way, like the clash in the United States between the, the, the liberals and the conservatives. Do you think it's, it's, it's a real war on the, the character of the, of the Jewish state? Well, a war is too a strong uh, term. Uh, but I would say that uh, we're in a very crucial uh, point in time uh, concerning the destiny of Israel. And we need to fight in order to secure the destiny of Israel. And to secure the destiny of Israel is about 
being progressive. This is my main, you know, my main, my main uh, idea. And uh, therefore, I joined the left, not in terms of being, you know, um, extremely progressive, um, uh, postmodernist, uh, things like that. It's about being patriotic. It's about being uh, Zionist. It's about being progressive in any other meaning. Uh, maybe it's a strong combination for many, but in my mind, it's not a, it's not a peculiar situation uh, whatsoever. It's about the most reasonable way to secure the destiny of Israel. And I think in my ears, I, I heard that you're one of the only left people in Israel that can be a lefty and a patriot, you know, because this word, I think the left deserted the, 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 the word patriotism. But finally, I want to ask you, uh, Yair Golan, about Iran, and you're uh, an expert in this issue as well. In the, in the last few days, there were various mysterious explosions reported from Iran. Uh, the Iranians blame us, maybe Israeli responsibility. We, of course, don't take any resp responsibility. By the way, the biggest explosion took place in a major uranium enrichment facility near Tehran. If you were in charge, would you be preparing Israel now for an Iranian response? Well, basically, yes. Um, but... Well, first of all, I, I don't know who is responsible for these events. Uh, I don't know whether it's just a malfunction in the Iranian system or something that uh, has been done by others. But I would say that we need to prepare and we need to be ready. And the silent war between Israel and Iran uh, is a very serious issue for Israel it's a very serious issue for the destiny of Israel. And I would say that this challenge has two main aspects. The regional aspect along our borders uh, or very close to, other, to our borders and the uh, nuclear initiative of Iran, which endanger not just Israel, but the rest of the region. And therefore we need to work with others and we need to work alone in order to limit the Iranian possibility uh, to do any uh, negative things uh, concerning the destiny of the region and the destiny of Israel. And maybe the last question about the same issue. You have been there in 2010, 2011, 2012. Do you think in retrospect, Israel made a mistake that it not, did not use its military option and strike the, the Iranian nuclear facilities back then when it was a lot easier and maybe more possible than now when the Iranians are maybe into their immunity, came into the immunity zone? Well, I would say that we face the same question uh, a year by year. Um, I'm totally against the notion that we need to attack Iran and we need to open an open war with Iran. This is wrong. Um, up to now, 
with international pressure, with economical pressure, with uh, clandestine activity, uh, we were quite successful in order to limit uh, the Iranian initiative, nuclear initiative. And this is the best way to cope with this challenge uh, concerning the future. Um, wise leaders never use their military power, the military might, in a, in a, in, 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 in a not in, in a very uh, deliberate way, in a very deliberate way. And uh, we need to stick with this uh, very deliberate uh, uh, attitude, which is the best for Israel. Uh, so the there were people in it. There were people in Israel that uh, said we need to attack uh, Iran back then in 2007 and in 2009, and all it's wrong. Uh, I think that if you look at the situation in Iran today, we need to admit that by working uh, not in a direct manner but in an indirect uh, manner, it's much more uh, constructive, it's much better for Israel. And we were able to facilitate a nice, strong economy uh, during these years. Uh, something which uh, I could be deeply endangered by any open war with Iran. General Golan, thank you very much for this interesting uh, talk. We will be back after a short break with a few thoughts to sum up our podcast. Thank you, Yair. Shalom. Shalom and thank you. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East. And if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles, and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region based upon El Monitor's outstanding reporting. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our El Monitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform, on Israel with Ben Caspit and on the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Former Deputy Chief of Staff and member of Knesset, Yar Golan says, Israel should not annex territories, but separate itself from the Palestinians. He told us this was the vision of our founding fathers, including David Ben-Gurion. We don't need annexation. We need separation, he says. Major General Golan fears annexation will endanger the Zionist dream and can potentially turn Israel to an apartheid state. Unlike most of the Israeli politicians, Yair Golan is not applauding the Trump plan. We don't need a deal with the, with the American administration, says, referring to the deal of the century. We need a deal with the Palestinians. 
we need to negotiate, not annex. Golan surprised me when he admitted, frankly, that he aims to the top and wants to be someday the Prime Minister of Israel. Is it still possible mission to a leader from the political left? Only time will tell, but it's hard to believe. Golan did not go into details referring the last mysterious explosions in Iran. But a few minutes after this interview was recorded, we found out the chief of Israeli Mossad Yossi Cohen's term in office was extended due to, quote, the security challenges. Anyone can analyze this news the way he likes to. Thank you for listening. We will meet here next Monday on Israel Al-Monitor. In the meantime, stay healthy. Stay healthy.